You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're listening to Achtung Lowell, broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham. Accept no substitute. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to another edition, another nostalgic edition, another edition of our um, random fixtures from the past uh, series that we're doing at the moment. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever read The uh, Dice Man by Luke Reinhardt, um, but there is an iron rule of living by the dice, and that is that you must abide by the decision of the throw of the dice. So today's random date that uh, random.org has generated us, we are we will abide by, even though it takes us to 1900. Today is the 20th of August. And in truth, there's not an awful lot of football news um, in the week of, or the month for that matter, of August 1900 for Millwall. But, but, and it's a big but, there is a lot of doc-related news um, and that does impact on on our club's story. Um, specifically, I'm looking at the St James's Gazette, dated the 25th of August, a few days away. But come on, give me a give me a break here. Yeah? Um, in which the Millwall Dog Company, the the company that owned the Isle of Dogs back in those far off days, 1900, the Millwall Dog Company is referring here in a report to the St James's Gazette to the increased tonnage that is passing through the Mill docks and, you know, in- increased shipping coming into the docks and the need, therefore, for expansion. And that is crucial to our club's story, dear listeners, because at this time, Millwall were playing on East Ferry Road on the island at the famous Millwall Athletic Ground, quite a big um, space. And we'd been there for some years after the formation back in the uh, 1885 and the back of the Lord Nelson and so on. But the Millwall Athletic Ground had become established as as the club's home. But because of this increased tonnage coming through the docks and because of the Mill Dock Company's need to expand, they had served notice on the Athletic Ground. It was owned by the Mill Dock Company. And this would be an issue that would dominate this whole season. We're talking about August 1900. So 1900 to 01 season. Um, will be dominated from the Mill perspective by the need to vacate the stadium and find an alternative. No easy task. The Isle of Dogs, as even now, is quite an enclosed, tight-knit little community. Back then, 
heavily industrialized um as 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 we've mentioned already the docks were taking ever increasing trade from all over, over the world it's fascinating when you look at the old newspapers of this era to see how much the docks dominated the local news and the lloyd's list st james's gazette i'm talking about here and others um trade in and out incidents related to you know, uh, workers on the on on the, on the docks, sailors, police issues, all sorts of stuff. Major, major generator of news and incident. The mill docks, roll the uh, uh, the mill docks and the West India docks, of course. But back to the point of of today's show, the mill dock company had served notice on on Mill Athletic to get out, get out of the stadium. They needed the land for expanded dock facilities. And the lions were, the dockers were in the lurch, big time in actual fact. This was unfolded over the course of the season. But the great god of chance has chosen for us um, today's date in 1900. And as I said earlier on, not an awful lot of um, football-related news, other than the fact that we had a, a clock ticking on our club that would, um, the feeling of the time was it would probably finish us and probably Millwall Athletic would cease to exist at the end of the 1900 to 1901 season. But we'll probably come back to that another day. I think that might be one for, um, you know, for another edition. As I say, plenty of Doc's news and a wonderful story, um, totally off off tangent here, um, about a, a company being proposed to make um, fuel, fuel briquettes from mud, Thames mud, and what they call street dirt <coughs> shit, basically, I think. Um, gonna, there's a company set up to dredge at Barking around the docks uh, on the island and along the Thames banks down towards Barking to make mud fuel um, for burning. Um, which you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's not such an outrageous thing. This is uh, you know, when, when you look at rural places like India and, and Africa, even today, they burn dung, uh, camel, and various cattle dung um probably don't smell very nice i'm not saying this is great from the um you know um burning of uh you know scented candles it won't compete with that but it's certainly a life saving um method of producing heat and and power and and, and so on in, in countries like that and and at this time here in london 1900 120 years ago a company set up to dredge mud to form briquettes i don't know what became of it that might be another interesting um, tangent to follow if I ever feel the uh, the urge. Um, so anyway, back to football. Not an awful lot of football news to report beyond the fact that the new season, 1900 to 101, was beckoning. That would begin in September um, with um, an opening day match against great rivals, Tottenham Hotspur. At this time, Millwall Athletic were playing in the Southern League and their great rivals in, in, in that... Uh, Division, which was on a par with with the football league, these were strange times. The football league was mostly northern clubs. Arsenal played in the football league as a kind of a lone southern representation. But the southern league was on a par with the football league. It was felt to be, you know, two leagues that were were, were of equal standing, so to speak. Millwall, Millwall Athletic, were great, um, a great club in the southern league. The Lions of the South. Uh, the previous season had actually done pretty well for themselves. I'm just going to read from Lions of the South. Bear with me a second, dear listeners, whilst I get my 
page marker out. So the previous season had finished, um, Lions doing very well in the Southern League. We, it was won by Tottenham, but we did win a competition called the Southern District Combination in 1899 to 1900. So um, we approached the new season, 1900-01, with footballing high hopes, if not stadium high hopes. Now, the first game of the season was a was 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 set up as a big event: Tottenham Hotspur versus Millwall Athletic. I do have a match report um, from the first of September, nineteen hundred. I know that I'm extending my brief here slightly. You got to forgive me, dear listeners. I've gone, you know, gone on to um, a date later than the one the great God of Chance. But I, th- I I regard this as advisory, great God of Chance, not necessarily one to be kept to um so tottenham nil millwall athletic three so this is a report from the athletic news of um sorry the islington gazette athletic news dated september the 4th 1900 so a few days after the game tottenham hotspur versus millwall Twelve thousand boisterously enthusiastic supporters of the game had assembled on the well-planned tottenham enclosure white hart lane uh, last saturday uh, when the presiding official notified with one shrill blast that the game had commenced. It is not an exaggeration to state that the majority of the onlookers confidently anticipated a victory for the Spurs, as, in addition to being favoured by playing on their own ground, the composition of the Millwall team, in which were seven new men, was something of an unknown quantity. The new recruits were known as good footballers in individually, but there were misgivings on the score of their combining in that degree necessary to a first-class lot. Very wordy reports back in those times, listeners. But forgive me, I I love this kind of stuff. Millwall, two goals up inside the first 10 minutes. First of all, a high-dropping shot, the lever executing a magnificent parabola as it took its flight. It was so confusing to Melia in the Tottenham goal that he let the bulky K. I'll come back to the bulky K. Uh, that's a, uh, Millwall's new centre, um, as they describe him here. C-A-I-E, K, is his surname, uh, left him with an open goal. Uh, the second goal also came as a result of the Spurs right back having a misunderstanding with Clawley. Both hesitated, each apparently leaving the ball to the other at a critical moment. Neither, however, as it turned out, got in the, a kick. The Spurs had a penalty kick given to them, which occurred towards the end of the first half. The Millwall, Millwallites, great word, Mill, Millwallites. Having much the best of matters, uh, could they must have missed the penalty. Crossing over matters were more uh, into the second half. Matters were more evenly conducted, yet Millwall still showed superiority. Many fine chances were thrown away by both sides. Uh, Smith once raised the hopes of Tottenham by breaking clean away, but only Joyce, tiny Joyce, the Mill goalkeeper, to defeat. He signally failed with his shot. He missed basically. That's a poetic way to put it. He signally failed. He missed basically. Half an hour after the restart, Dryborough sent in a shot low and hard, almost from the corner flag. Clawley handled the ball, but it screwed into the net. Um, A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. More of importance was seen until the final blowing of the whistle. The Millwall Lights retiring conquerors by three goals to nil. What a great um, description there. Mill team, I'll, I'll leave out the Spurs team. Uh, Mill was Joyce in goal. Davidson, Shutt. Uh, Banks, Miller, Henderson, Wilson, Carnelli, Kay, Sharples, and Driver. Sharples got the second goal. I'm going to come back to Sharples because I think maybe it's um, a consequence of watching too much Coronation Street when I was a kid. Anyone called Sharples always intrigues me. So there we have it. A 3 0 win shortly after the uh, date that I've picked out here, August the 20th, 1900. That game took place on the 1st of September. The reigning champions demolished at home. Thank you to the Islington Gazette. Now, I've picked out three names there. Um, Sharples, I've mentioned. He was a scorer of the second goal. All I know about Jay Sharples, I don't even have a first name for him. I've searched for John James. Can't find anything online about Jay Sharples. Perhaps if anyone knows his Christian name or more aware of the player than I, I've been able to in the short research that I've done this morning. Please do let me know. He scored the second goal. Uh, 31 appearances for Mill, nine goals in 1900-01, so just a one season. Uh, many of these players left at the end of the season because they feared that the club would no longer exist. So I'm going to come on to another name here, Alex Kaye. I don't know how you're pronouncing that surname. I'm going to say Kaye, Alex, Alexander, C-A-I-E, K-I-K-E. Sometimes known as Sandy Kaye, was a Scottish professional, right half and centre forward. With um, a career, he played for Newcastle, Woolwich Arsenal, Scotland and, and Canada. Um, he started out with Woolwich, Woolwich Arsenal in the second division. He played for Newcastle and Millwall, signed for Millwall in 1900. Um, born in a place called Nig, N-I-double-G, in Scotland. Um, died in 1914 in Massachusetts in, in the USA. Um, apparently died in a, a rail accident, according to Wikipedia. Um, played for the Lions uh, for two seasons, 1899 to 1901. Made 46 appearances and five goals. And there's a fine picture of him on Wikipedia, which I might copy. Um, it's when he played for Brentford later on in his career. Um, Alex Kay. Kay? I'm not going to get that pronunciation right, I'm sure. 
So three goals, Kay Sharples, we mentioned, and Dryber, Dryber, another Scots. A lot of Scottish players came down. We mentioned in the history shows that I did with Neil Fissler during the lockdown, listeners, how a manager of the time, Bob Hunter, one of the great names of Millwall history, a name that deserves to be more widely uh, marked at the club. And I'm going to try and do what I can um, with the MSC to try to mark some of these great names of the past. We've mentioned it on other shows. We've spoken about other names such as Bill Voisey. But I think Bob Hunter is a name that needs to be mentioned. Uh, a manager and coach for many, many years. 30-odd years, I think, of memory. Um, he was coach, a fitness coach, an athlete, and a Scott, proud Scott. And he would often go back home and bring down from Scotland to London uh, talented players from from you know from the home home country. And that would include uh, W. Dryborough, Woody Dryborough, uh, a Scottish professional outside right, so a winger. Um, played for Cowden Beef. He played for Sheffield Wednesday or the Wednesday, just as they were known at that point. Um, and Millwall Athletic, eighteen ninety nine to nineteen oh one. Uh, then he went back to Sheffield, Cowden Beef, uh, and Tottenham. Um, Willie Dryborough, born 1876, died 1951, age 74. He made 88 appearances for the Lions, for the Dockers. I keep calling them the Lions. They were the Dockers at this time. The Lions hadn't really come to come to the fore. 88 appearances and 13 goals, 1899 to 1901. Um, now, we've mentioned Millwall, we've mentioned Tottenham, but neither would actually win the Southern League in this particular season. The honours would go to Southampton in 1900-01. They won it with uh, 41 points from 28 games. Two points for a win back then. Five draws. 18 wins. Um, The Lions, the Dockers, would come in fourth behind Bristol and Portsmouth. And Spurs would finish fifth. So the previous season's champions would finish in fifth place. Um, Other teams involved in the Southern League top division, first division. Well, Southampton, Bristol, Portsmouth, Millwall, Spurs, West Ham United, Bristol Rovers, QPR, Reading, Luton Town, Kettering, New Brompton, which is Gillingham, a team that's gone out of existence, uh, Gravesend United, uh, Watford, Swindon and Chatham Town, who actually resigned from the league after 10 games. There was a second division this season, a nine-team second division for, for the Southern League which was won in this 1900-01 season by Brentford. But then you get into some very smaller clubs quite quickly. You've got Grays United, Sheppey, Tinkle Shepherds Bush, Fulham in, in the second division at this point, Chesham Town, Maidenhead, Wickham Wanderers and Southall. So there we are. That was the 1900-01 Southern Football League won by Southampton. So neither Millwall nor Tottenham would trouble that. We also played in a, a second competition. They used to have this odd idea of two concurrent leagues running, Southern League, but the Western Football League, which was seen as a midweek league, so more of a reserve um, second eleven type competition. Um, we came second. Mill came second to Portsmouth in the Western Football League, 1900-01. The Western Football League still exists, and as the Southern League does, of course, part of the, the um, non-league pyramid. But back then, it was included Portsmouth, Mill, Spurs, reserve sides, QPR, Bristol, and so on. So not a bad season. Our season would be dominated by 
um, thoughts of, of um, trying to find a new stadium, a new a new ground, which would eventually come, another story for another day, it would eventually come at what came to be called North Greenwich, Millwall Park in modern parlance. Um, heaven and earth will be moved by our forefathers in the club, including goalkeeper Tiny Joyce, we've mentioned, um, the Thorne family, and, and many others, Cagill, Obed Cagill, to bring the new stadium, a, a patch of, I think it's allotment ground, a patch of allotment ground to um, you know, to be ready for football, uh, for uh, league football, Southern League football. And sustain Millwall Football Club, it would live on. It would not die at the end of the 1900-01 to season. Um, in other news, interesting times, 1900, 120 years ago, Queen Victoria still on the throne of Britain at the centre of her empire. There was a war going on. In South Africa, the Boer War, which um, would also dominate people's attention. Um, just a few days after this particular random date we've chosen, there was a, a Battle of Dal- Dalmanutha. British troops under the command of Lord Roberts defeated South African troops led by General Louis Bota, forcing uh, the uh, one the, the, the Boer Republic's uh, President Kruger to flee the country. Um, a brutal war. Um, which covered nobody in in any glory on either side, I don't think. Also, at the same time, there's an intervention in China. The Boxer Rebellion um, was put down brutally by an eight-nation coalition, uh, including Britain, uh, Japan, Russia, Britain, America, France, and various Austrian, German, and Italian troops formed into an eight-nation alliance. Not quite the uh, seven-nation army, but the eight-nation alliance that would occupy Beijing and um, impose their own their own order on on China. So, um, as ever, the past speaks to the present. Um, we're going beyond the scope of our Millwall podcast, dear listeners. Um, there we are. That's 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 the end of the show, I think. So, thank you to the random.org for generating. August the 20th, 1900, is our random fixture. Um, probably going to do some more of these next week now. I've got recording tomorrow with Michael Avery. Tomorrow's fixture announcement day, of course. So we're going to do our Mill weekly news recording tomorrow. Do have a listen to some of the other um, random shows that I've done this week. I um, hope you find them interesting. Big thank you to the uh, comments on, on Twitter, the kind comments. I love doing this kind of stuff. It's... Um, Endlessly fascinating. Um, some wonderful old newspaper reports to, to, to read from, and I just hope that you enjoy it as much as I'm doing it. And even if you don't enjoy it, I'm still going to carry on doing it because that's the way I like to um, podcast. Thank you for listening, dear listeners. That's the end of the show for, the, for, the, for, for this edition, and we'll be back with this kind of nostalgic, on-this-day type stuff next week. Arriva Dirty Millwall. Thank you for listening. All the best. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com covered.